And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. It is hump day. Hope everybody is enjoying the start to their day as much as we are. It's still cold outside, but it is not unbearably cold. Unlike, you know, this morning at like 4 or 5 a.m., the temperature has risen back into the low 40s. And we hope everybody made it out okay with their pipes and their plants and all that good stuff over the last couple of tough nights. Um, let's thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation and Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 in Cutoff. And then some housekeeping, and then we'll get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the show. Yesterday, we said that we were going to bring you middle school basketball tonight. LCO and Oaklawn, that's not the case uh, because that game has been canceled because Terrebonne Parish schools are not allowed to play today um, because of the, the cold weather threat. But... I could tell you that tomorrow instead we will pick up LCO's game with Thibodeau Middle School, which will be a parish game out in – that's in LaRose? Yeah. Okay, so it's home for LCO, 5.30 for the girls, 6.30 for the boys. I have seen LCO's girls and boys. I have seen Thibodeau's girls and boys. Um, obviously, it's a shame that Oakland wasn't able to compete today, but just strictly from a coastal broadcasting perspective, this is probably going to be some more competitive games. Look forward to watching the – um, LCO Bulldogs lock up with the Thibodeau Middle School Warriors. That'll be a great opportunity tomorrow. Our broadcast will be sponsored in part by Performance Automotive Accessories and the Balcony Restaurant. So we thank them all so much for the time. Friday, we've got a South Lafouche game. Not going to tell you whether we're going to the boys or the girls, because maybe we're a little undecided about that right now. But we will either be at South Lafouche at Assumption or South Lafouche Girls at Ellender. Um, our broadcast will be sponsored in part by Golden Motors, Dan Oss, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, State Bank and Trust Company, and Thibodeau Regional Health System. And we'll get some guidance and we'll let you know beforehand which of those games we're going to be attending. Um, last night, there were really not a whole lot of games, man. On the on the girls' side, there were like three games that got played, let me tell you. Uh, let's see. We scroll all the way down the list. I can tell you that Tara beat Bel Air. In for a 47-33. So Tara gets a win over Bel Air out in the Baton Rouge area. Then we had Covenant Christian Academy over at Nichols get a 49-17 win over Homa Christian. Great win for Coach Carey and her team there beating a up-and-coming Homa Christian school team over at Nichols. In single A, we had Central Catholic of Morgan City travel to Hanson and get a 53-22 win over Hanson. And then we had one game that ended in a forfeiture, Del High defeating Sicily Island uh, there. That was our girls' scoreboard, very, very light. On the boys' side, we had, I think, just two games in the entire state that were played yesterday. One was Hannon getting a 50-43 to win over North Shore. And then we also, again, over at Nichols State University, had Covenant Christian Academy getting a victory over Homa Christian School, 46-37. to So a good win for Coach Troy Jackson and his team taking care of business there. And we also had Central Catholic defeat Hanson 79-47. to I think actually those Central Catholic games were played Monday. So I'm over here giving you scores. I think those games were played a day early. I think they were played on Monday. Um, so now that leads us to today, and we're kind of playing musical chairs a little bit with the schedule. Um, the the two local school districts are handling this situation in different ways, and I'm not going to say that one's right or one's wrong, or, but they're handling it in different ways. Both Lafouche and Terrebonne were out of school today, but on the Lafouche side, Superintendent Jared Martin said 
that the campuses are only going to be closed until until 3 p.m. today. So what does that mean? That means that any of the LeFou schools who had extracurricular activities scheduled for today, they'll be able to play. So that means that Central LaFouche and Thibodeau's boy-girl doubleheader at Thibodeau tonight will be able to go on as scheduled. I already talked to Gage about it. Um, yes, they are 100% playing tonight. E.D. White, hell, their school's open today, so they'll be good to go. They will be taking on Patterson today in a boy-girl doubleheader. What's up? You got some breaking news? No, no well, well, no, but just. All right, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so can't, can't announce. All right. On the flip side, well, now I want to take a break right now to see what's going on. Uh, oh, goodness well, gracious. We, we were speculating yesterday. Okay. Wow. Um, all right. So anyway, I got some, uh, some juice and some gossip, but I'm not at liberty to share it yet, but it did just kind of knock me out of my, uh, out of my socks <laughs> a little bit. Um, on the Terrebonne side, things are a little bit different. Um, Terrebonne closed schools today and is sticking with the policy of, hey, no school, no no play. So East St. John and Terrebonne were scheduled to play tonight in reserve. Brandon Brown shot me a text update last night and said they're now going to play that game on Sunday. So Terrebonne has a stretch where they'll play a district game against Thibodeau on Friday. They'll play Vanderbilt on Saturday. They'll play East St. John on the road on Sunday. Day off, then the Tuesday you're right back in district. Boy, that's brutal. That is brutal. Very brutal stretch, but, I mean, you can't control the weather. It's an unfortunate situation. Now, HL Bourgeois in the same situation. They were scheduled to play Hanville tonight out in Booty for a boy-girl doubleheader. Andrew Kaiwet told me last night that is postponed. Don't know yet when the makeup date is going to be. So it doesn't look like they're playing Thursday. It doesn't look like they're playing Sunday. Have not yet set a makeup date. Um Coach, you 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 coach people are routine driven. The fact that they're playing games on Sunday, like it's gonna be interesting to see how the local teams fare with this mixing and matching. And look, it, it couldn't be a game with Destrahan that gets rescheduled, right? A game that you don't worry so much about. For them, it's got to be East St. John and Hanville. Some huge games are being kind of shuffled around. Now Terrebonne's got to play a pivotal district game on their third game in as many nights on a day that you're not used to playing. Tough luck. Hopefully they could overcome it. But who? some scheduling issues going on right now, man. Yeah, scheduling is a problem because when you're trying to uh, to make up a game, okay, we have this date open, but our opponent, maybe they might be playing out of district that that night. And, um, yeah, scheduling can be a problem. And to play on a Sunday. That's rough. Uh, when you, you play was it, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, that is, that is rough, especially in that district. Every game, it's brutal. Um, yeah, I wish they could have played some tonight, but it is what it is. We do have uh, pretty much everybody's going to be getting back into action tonight outside of those Terrebonne schools. So pretty much uh, all the games that were locked out yesterday are going to just kind of be played today as we get ourselves back on schedule. Um, tell me about this Thibodeau and Central Lafouche boy-girl doubleheader tonight. Um, Central Lafouche's girls – are playing at a more high level than they had at any point this season. They're fresh off of a, a lopsided win over East St. John at home, taking on a Thibodeau team that has been kind of hit or miss. Thibodeau's sitting right around that 28 line. Huge game for them. Central's on the outside trying to get back into the mix. So just starting with the girls, man, 
huge game. Coach Barba and her team have to have this one. And if you're Coach Torah and you're trying to get your team into that top 28, you have to have it as well. This is an old-school rivalry matchup and two teams that are both hungry and desperate for wins tonight. Exactly right. Big game for both schools. Uh, Lady Tigers need this game, to, like you just mentioned. But the uh, Lady Trojans are playing better and better. Again, this is like last year. They got better and better as the season went on. Uh, the job Coach Tor Danos is doing over there is uh, remarkable because her teams play better and better. They keep improving as the season goes on. It should be a very good game tonight. All season long, the local district coaches have told us Thibodeau's going to get somebody. They're going to upset somebody. They're going to get themselves a big win. Tonight you're taking on Central Lafouche at home, and I think these teams are a little more evenly matched than what the records would indicate. Thibodeau plays a very, very physical style of defense. Um, if they can make some shots tonight and stay with the Trojans offensively, I mentioned this off the air. I'll say it here on the air. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a one or two possession game late and then whoever makes the big plays down the stretch will get the win. I don't think this is going to be a lopsided Central Lafouche victory despite what the records say. I think Thibodeau's going to give them hell tonight in the jungle. I'm expecting that to be a very tight game. Yeah, I agree. And uh, would it be crazy to say or to think Thibodeau can maybe try and make this a half-court game? Yeah, because I think that's their best advantage. Their uh, their defense is remarkable. Team defense-wise, I'd rank them up at the top, the very top of the list. Uh, I think they do such a great job in a half-court set playing defense. And Central, early on when I watched them play, I found they, they're at their best when they're moving. They have continuity in their offense. They're moving around. Uh, Thibodeau is going to mix it up, a little, I think, a little bit on defense. And uh, if they play that zone, they may catch the Trojans just standing a lot on offense, and that's going to play into the favor of, of the Tigers. And uh, if Thibodeau can, like every game, man, if they can find some offense, yes, they can. 100% sneak up and get somebody. And I say sneak up because you look at the records, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they can definitely win tonight. And the Trojans are going to have to keep playing. Now, if the Trojans play the way the Trojans play most of their games, they're going to be fine also. But uh, Coach Clark's going to have a plan to uh, to take Griffin out, I'm sure, and um, or to slow him down. I expect this to be a great game. You're the coach in the room, and what would you do to try to slow down Griffin? He's been scoring 25, 30 points on everybody. Uh, would you box him one? Would you, if he catches it on the wing, would you send the double, make him get it? Like, How would you try to slow him down? Yeah, uh, Force these other guys to beat you, which – They've look, been doing. <laughs> yeah, they have. Uh, force the other guys to beat you. Uh, you have to know where Griffin's at at all times. And uh, two years ago – yeah, I think it was two years ago when we played them. Uh, our, our plan was just to to get on them, be aggressive with them. And now I'm not so sure you can do that because he's he's matured as a player. He's older. He understands uh, more of the game. So it's a uh, it's not an easy job. But I would uh, you definitely have to know where he's at at all times. And uh, not a boxing one, but I would make sure I wouldn't sag off of him and try and limit his touches. I just got a text message from Taylor Griffin, who's going to be joining us a little bit later in the show, and you'll like this. It'll be a great way for us to go to a break because we'll spend the next three minutes laughing. 
Taylor said, it's impossible to slow down a Griffin on the basketball court. Oh, my goodness gracious. Are you kidding me? Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. I've been asked by some soccer parents to list the power ratings for our local soccer teams. We didn't forget about you guys. We're going to get that in the next segment. It's impossible to slow down a Griffin. He believes it. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEV. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Chain says, go Tarpons! Welcome back to Play by Play here on Kaylee B. Casey Jessica here with Coach Brian Colley. Uh Reminder, we got Brody Williams in the next segment of the show to talk about some Tarpon basketball. And then we got Taylor Griffin at 12-15. Who's, I'm going to ask him the scouting report for how to try to slow down a, a Griffin on the basketball floor. Um, <laughs> let's get to our power rankings. I, after we did yesterday's show, I got asked by a couple of soccer parents to list. I turned my mic off. Huh? <laughs> got to list where some of our local teams stand. So ladies first, you know how we do. Um, Division one. Remember, there's no select non-select for for soccer, which is ridiculous. But the LHSA has said loudly and proudly, "Hey, we don't care about your sport enough to police it and legislate it," um, which is unfortunate. Um, but in Division one, we have Thibodeau. How about this? Thibodeau soccer is not usually known as being like this big power program. They're still unbeaten. They're 12-0 and three on the season, currently holding a number nine power ranking score. Uh, so kudos to Thibodeau on a job well done. 
couple spots below them at number 11 is Central Lafouche. Central Lafouche always has a really strong soccer program, especially on the girls' side. The boys are playing well, too. But they're 12-6-2, and two, and are currently sitting at number 11 in the playoff bracket. Hanville 24th with a 4-6-1 and one record. H.L. Bourgeois has won a bunch of matches. They're 11-6-1. Strength of schedule has not been great, so Bourgeois sitting at 26 in the power rankings despite that lofty record. Destrand sitting at 28 with a 5-8-1 and one record. And then we've got, well, that's all of our local teams in Division I. Uh, before we dive into the rest of these, man, dude, th- we talk often about, you know, how football and cross country and, you know, some of those sports have that brutal stretch over the summer where they got to deal with, you know, training and conditioning in 100-plus degree heat. Soccer is the opposite. Can you imagine trying to practice the last couple of days or maybe even having a game like – you got to deal with the cold and the wet and the wind and some sleet. And, like, it's brutal that the weather season that soccer gets being an outdoor sport. Yeah. I would be curious to ask a soccer coach, uh, like football, inclement weather, you go in a gym, you can get some work done. Can you get much work done? I don't think so. In a gym? Yeah, I wouldn't for soccer? think so. I, I, yeah, I, I, I really don't think so because – Football, yeah, you got 100 yards of green grass, but your play starts with everybody condensed in a small area. Soccer's not like that. You're spread out. You're using every inch of the 100 yards of the field. I, that, I'm going to get a soccer coach on this week, and we'll ask them about that because that yeah. is a very interesting Yeah, I'm sure question. there's some things you can do, ball drills and stuff like that, but uh, and it's tough. they got to be outside. Like you mentioned, the cold, the wet. Ooh, that's miserable. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and to think I chose tough, that tough. over being your manager. Yeah. <laughs> Division two. <That's> just, <laughs> <laughs> Division two. That's why you got a hoodie on still. <laughs> the the Terrebonne Girls Soccer Program is number four in the state. They're rolling with a fourteen to four and one record. I saw them play uh, a couple nights ago after a basketball game at Terrebonne. They're really good. South Terrebonne is number nine in the state in Division Two for the girls with a thirteen seven and one record. Then we scroll down. We got Ellender eight eight and eight overall, sitting at number twenty two. South Lafouche fighting to try to get in with a 313 and one record. Coach Colin, you going in, hey man, we're really young. We're going to try to make this thing better um, tomorrow than it is today. They're just continuing to plug away. It would be nice if they could get into the playoffs, but they've got a bright future ahead of them. Regardless. Yeah, give him a, an off season where he can get kick started at a, a program and. Uh, They'll be fine. They'll be much improved. Division three, we've got E.D. White girls sitting at number eight with a nine, five, and three record. Vanderbilt girls sitting at number nine with a six, eight, and five record. You do that math. If Vanderbilt's six, eight, and five and is in the top ten, they must have played a murderer's row. Everybody who's everybody, which means they'll get into the playoffs and they'll be ready to roll. Number 17 is Lutcher with a seven, nine, and two record in Division three soccer. You got Morgan City sitting at 28th with a two and 11 record. And then that brings us to Division Four, where we've got Homa Christian School and CCA. Uh, Covenant Christian girls are 9-9 nine and nine on the season, sitting at number 14 in the postseason bracket if it started today. Homa Christian School is a little bit further back. They're 4-7-1, and one, sitting at 25th. So those are our girls' basketball, oh, girls' basketball, our girls' soccer power rating numbers, which leads us now to the boys, where, again, we've got some teams that are pretty comfortably in and that are going to be looking to make some noise. Division one, we've got Central Lafouche. Whoo, the Central Lafouche boys are good this year. 16, 4, and 2 on the year. They're sitting at number 11 in the power ratings. What does it say about how good Division one is for soccer? When you're 16, 4, and 2, and you're not even in the top 10, 
Well, that's because you're competing with Jesuit and Catholic and St. Paul's and you know Baton Rouge High, all those tough opponents there, but the Trojans are holding strong. It's going to be a rough go for the rest of the local teams in Division One. You got Destrand sitting at three eight and two uh, at thirty third. You got HL Bourgeois two ten and six overall, sitting at thirty seventh. Thibodeau's been a struggle. They're forty second right now with a five eight and two record. How about that Bourgeois line, huh? Two ten and six. Can you imagine having six matches be in and ties? Can you imagine if in basketball there were no overtime and the game just tied? I wouldn't like no, that. No, not much. at all. Wouldn't like that very much. Division two, the South Terrebonne boys are off to a strong start to the year. They're seven and three, and they're number eight overall in the power rankings. And by the way, all these numbers that I'm giving you are courtesy of GoPrep. So we want to thank Hunter Bauer for um, providing these numbers daily. Um, Terrebonne is sitting at number ten in the power ratings for Division two with an eight six and four record. So good on them. I saw the Ellender boys earlier this season play soccer against HL Bourgeois. They're pretty good. They've got some explosive players. They're sitting at number 18 right now with a 7-6-3 and three record. East St. John is number 20 with a 7-10-1 and one record. And South Lafouche trying to get hot. They're sitting at 28 with a 5-9 and nine record. They have lost some close ones. Hopefully they could start to win some of those close ones and make it to the playoffs for the second straight year. Division three boys soccer. Vanderbilt Catholic currently sitting as the number two team in the state with a 9-2-5 and five record. The Terriers are playing at a high level. They always do. E.D. White is sitting at number seven with a 5-5-4 five, five and four record, so good on E.D. White having another strong year. Morgan City is ranked number 19 right now in Division Three boys soccer with a 4-6-4 and four record, looking like they'll be playoff bound. Lutcher's trying to hang on there, 3-10-1, sitting at number 26 right now, and that brings us to Division Four where we have um, Covenant Christian Academy with a 9-2-2 and record, sitting at number 11, so good start to the year for them. And then Homa Christian School sitting at 12th with an 11-4 record. So after reading those numbers, I'm convinced we've got a local, a lot of local soccer teams that are going to be playoff bound and a lot of local soccer teams who will be playoff bound playing at home in the opening couple of rounds. Hopefully they could get some good weather, some a little bit warmer, some dry conditions, and uh, hopefully we have some teams make the state tournament, which feels like an annual occurrence, man. Vanderbilt's always there. E.D. White's always there. Hopefully we could get some of those teams to make a deep playoff push. Yeah, and hopefully uh, this cold weather's done with. But I know we got another round coming in for the weekend. Uh, but hopefully next week it uh, warms up and they can get out there and stay dry. Look, we got a couple minutes left in this segment before we go to Coach Brody Williams. When is the LHSAA annual convention? Do you, they have an area meetings now, and I think it's next week. So next week is when we could expect the duty to hit the fan. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. I know it's on the ballot, so I'm going to give you three options. The automatic one-time free transfer. Will that A, get passed, B, get voted down, or C, get tabled to vote on it some other time in the future? LHSA-wise, what they going to decide? Yeah, do you think they will actually vote on this? And if we do, do you think it's going to pass or do you think it's going to fail? I, I think it's going to be C. I don't think they're going to even vote on it. I think that yeah. they'll. A lot of times they table a bunch of stuff. So I wouldn't shock me if there's no vote and it's tabled, which uh still not good. They should vote it down. So let me ask you this, and, and you, you're probably not going to have a definitive answer about this, but maybe some of the coaches around the state who are listening will. Let's say that they have their 
annual convention next week, and let's say it passes. If I'm Jaden Carter, who moved from Ellender to Covenant Christian, on the following Monday, am I then eligible to play for the rest of the year? DJ Adams moves from Homer Christian to Vanderbilt. If this passes, can DJ join the Terriers varsity boys basketball team right away? No, a, a lot of um, rules that they pass go into effect July 1. Mm, I see. So in, as best as you would know it, given your experience in, in knowing how they work, you think that these new rules would go into place the next school yes. year? Yes. Yes. Okay, well then, okay, now now let me ask you this, okay? Um, DJ Adams transferred in like December, so he would have been eligible next December. Would he be eligible on August 1st when school starts back? I, I would think so. I mean, why why wait until after? Well, they look, they, they may do it this way. They, it's going to go into effect. July 1, so from July on forward. That's when all the transfers. That's when you can, yes. Okay, and and look, we don't know none of this for sure. I'm just getting his, you know, Coach Kyle's opinion and thoughts because he's been in those meetings and kind of knows the the train of thought. But I've been asked a lot. I mean, heck, I know the Carters over at Covenant Christian are itching to try to get back out there, and, you know, there are others in the area who are currently in their sitting-out period and I don't know the answer. If this passes, I don't know if, you know what the answer is. And that's that's probably a question that Mr. Bonine's going to get whenever they're going to vote on it is, you know, hey, does the freebie start for the people that are already sitting out or when? Like, that's something that they're going to have to address because there are a lot of people that are wondering about that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to start on July 1 uh, because when these other ones transferred, it, it was not a rule. So I, I think July 1 you would start. And that would, I think, be the fair thing to do. If that's going, if that's going to be the rule, started on July one, transfers after July one. Uh, if you transferred before, well, you missed out, I guess. Yeah, I got you. Well, look, let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Coach Brody Williams with the South Lafourche Boys Basketball Team. No school, so we're able to actually get Brody today. I know he has a new position. The school makes it harder for him to escape and do some radio midweek, but we wanted to take advantage of having him today. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Tiger fans, are you looking for the latest news on all things LSU? Then Tiger Rag Magazine is your go-to source. Whether you pick up the magazine or browse over to the website, Tiger Rag Magazine provides you with the most up-to-date information on all the sports, university, and recruiting news that matters to you. Find it at your local newsstand or online at TigerRag.com. Here we come. 
Let's face it. We all know that the recruiting scene at LSU can get a little wild. Don't fret. Now more than ever, Tiger Rag Magazine is staying ahead of the game when it comes to name, image, likeness regulations. Thanks to our Tiger Rag Magazine experts and analysts, we can help you understand what it means to LSU and how you can stand formed on this rapidly changing landscape. Plus, our website makes it easy for fans to get their hands on all the information they need about LSU athletics. Get your subscriptions today. So if you're looking for in-depth coverage of everything LSU, look no further than Tiger Rag Magazine. Available on newsstands or online, tigerrag.com. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Cheers! Cheers, please! Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. It's our Wednesday show, so that means we're going to go to South LaFouche Boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing good, Casey. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, you guys thought that you were going to have a kind of busy practice time uh, this week to get ready for your next game against Assumption, but kind of been snowed in a little bit in the last couple of days. What are What are some things you guys have been doing, if anything, on the basketball side? Yeah, we uh, we didn't have practice yesterday due to school being canceled. Um, but we did have practice on Monday. We have practice the remainder of the week. On Monday, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good practice. So uh, just looking forward to getting in the gym and getting better. Look, man, uh, you were not happy with the way the game ended against Homer Christian School. You were not happy about a lot of the things that happened against Homer Christian School. I know you were disappointed and the decision-making with your kids handling the jump ball and, you know, didn't like the way they handled the pressure late in the game. Um, I was told by by a player that you guys met a little earlier on Monday and just kind of hashed some things out, had a little heart-to-heart. How did that go, and was the message well-received? Yeah, I think it was uh, well-received. I think it went well. You know, we just kind of, you know, talked and, and talked about the standards we have and, uh you know, one or two things could 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 happen. You know, you could crumble. You know, as a team right now, especially if you look at our record. But we were look at all the games, and you know, I show them just to kind of put it, um, you know, make concrete for them. That was there's five games that were within five points. So I said, you know, I just showed how close we are. To, instead of sitting here five and thirteen, being you know ten and eight, you know, which would is a pretty respectable record and um you know we can't always focus on the record and uh it while you know no one wants to win more than more than me in in that room but uh the same breath um the the goal shouldn't be just to win it should be do the right things and and play the right way and do some of the intangibles and if you do that uh winning's going to take care of itself um but just to show them, like put you know, put the pencil to the paper. We're so close to being in a way different spot. So, you know, one or two things could happen. We could we could crumble as a team and just say, you know what, season's over, and just show up and 
and not do things we're supposed to do, or we can we can rally together and lean on each other as you know as a brotherhood and as a, as a team and and kind of make a you know make a positive impact in the second half of the season or at the end of the season, um, and maybe get a couple wins on our belt and and uh, you know go out and compete and play hard and do it the right way. Look for sure, man. Look, I, there's no other way for me to say this, but I, I, you know this too. It's probably not going to be a playoff season for you guys. You guys are way back outside of the top 28 and just don't have a whole lot of big PowerPoint opportunities to jump a whole lot. But with that having been said, how important is this last month? Man, I'm sitting here. The calendar says July 17. Your last scheduled game is February 16. So you got one month. How important is it in this next month that you guys build some of that momentum and kind of uh, take some some positive energy into the upcoming offseason? It's huge because, you know, going forward, I, I told him this too. I said, you know, I know I've i watched y'all, you know, grow up and play and Betty and, and middle school, and this group has a lot of potential, you know, and, and there's a there's a potential there to do a lot of good things, but it's only going to happen if we do it, you know, as a team. And we got we got to understand that now moving forward, and, and we got to, Understand that we got to take our, our our attitudes out of it and our you know our individuality out of it, and we got to play together and come together and and um, end on a positive note because that's only going to carry over into the next season and into summer into off season and you know if we can do that I think we'll have a good thing going forward. I know it's hard to see and uh, you know present in the present like oh we're five and thirteen we're not making the playoffs what. Well, you know, what's the point of going to practice every day and grinding out? Well, if you look at it that way, we're not going to get very far. But if you look at it as every day we've got to improve and get better, not only as an individual but as a team, and um, and we really hone in on that and some, some positive energy, I think going forward we, we can have something good going. And, um, you know, I told them we have a lot of potential in this room, and but, you know, potential means you didn't do it yet. So uh, we we got to do it and we got to make an effort and and be cognizant of uh, you know how we do it, man. One of the things that I noticed when I watch you guys play, is you got a very emotional team, um, you know, and it, it became a, an issue a little bit against Homa Christian, where you know talking back to an official or whatever netted a technical foul, and then oftentimes we see the guys that you know are doing the walking signal with their hands or whatever. Like, how do you get them to a have that same fire? Like, you want that fire, but also not overstep it and end up hurting the team because of it how do you juggle that i, I always tell them focus on your on your play and focus on, on our you know our play as a team don't focus on the outside things that you can't control you can't control a referee's call if you put it in the hands of a referee uh you're going to lose that battle 98 percent of the time you know let let me handle referees and uh you just play the game of basketball you know, if it's a bad play you make or if you don't agree with the call, it's going to happen. Just like at the end of the game, you know how many fouls they could have called on us that they didn't? They were letting us play and it let us get back into the game. They call a flopping technical in one of the most crucial points in the game. You know, that could have easily happened to us. But uh, it's going to happen to both sides. Referees, in my true opinion, aren't out to cheat a team. They're, they're there for the kids to... Uh, you know, I would say for the majority, just like coaches are, and um, you know, just play the game. Don't don't. And we work it on it in practice. You know, I'll ref and like we just we some we gotta hone in on more and, and stress more. Like, don't 
you don't need to talk to the referee, even if it's you just asking a question. Okay, you ask a question or whatever, but that's going to end up the referee is now looking at you every play and it's bringing attention to yourself and it's 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 not attention to the team. And I know I get it. I played. It's emotional, but be emotional with your team, you know, and be emotional, you know. When we're on the bench, you can you can say, Coach, whatever, and I can talk to the referee, talk to me. But if you start talking to the referees uh, and throwing up your hands, now they're looking for something, and then it's always going to end in a, in, a, in a negative way for you. So that's just something we got to stress more. Trap game coming up on Friday, man. Assumption is 0-16, um, but going out to Napoleonville is just kind of a different gym, a different vibe. It's, it's, it's always a tough place to play. Uh, how do you make sure that the boys are up and ready to take on a team? Because, man, you guys don't want to be the first ones to hand them a win. Yeah, I think just kind of like like we've been talking about, you know, you can't take any team lightly. And it's just like home of Christian. It was a little bit of a different gym. It's a smaller gym. It's it's not something that we typically used to playing in. It was a different crowd. And if you, and if you let that control the way you play, then you're going to be in for a long night. You as – as an individual and as and then you know as a team, we have to. It's a faceless opponent. We don't know any record. We don't know. Um, it, we just play our game, and obviously we know their strengths, and we scout them, and we, we watch film and all that stuff. But you don't take anybody. You should play every game like it's a playoff game, or like it's a big district game, or like it's a rival game with intensity, you know, passion, positive emotion. Um, and if you do that, if you do those things, winning should take care of itself. It's just a byproduct of doing things the right way. And that's something we're trying to get them to understand. I got you, man. Look, in terms of, um, you know, the health of your team, you guys have gotten a little healthier in recent days. Are you guys pretty much a full go right now? Yeah, so far everything's good. We, uh, no one's really injured or anything. They had a lot of rest, so hopefully, um, you know, everybody's well rested and ready to go. Brody, I'm going to ask you this, bro. First and foremost, congratulations. You got a new position within the school. You're going to be the South Lafouche Administrative Assistant. Um, do you think that that's going to be more time-consuming, like, or is it going to be a situation where you'll be able to focus more on your coaching? First off, congratulations. And then second, on the sports side of things, does it change anything for you? Thank you. Uh, first off, thank you. Second of all, I think it's going to be about the same. It's just a different kind of workload. You know, it's... Um, doing more administrative stuff you're not necessarily in the classroom um you're doing more stuff you know at school and on the administrative side behind the scenes stuff uh but it's still you know a pretty heavy workload but it's uh it's going to be a different kind of workload and i think it's going to be beneficial um far but going forward there you go sounds like a winner man thank you so much for the time and we look forward to seeing you later in the week bro all right, thank you, Casey. Appreciate it. Yep, that is Coach Brody Williams doing a good job. Um, I like the message, man. Um, you know, hey, it, it's not going to be a playoff year. Um, you're too far back. You got way too much show, uh, snow to shovel to get into that top 28. Let's just have a great last month and, and build some momentum because I really truly believe, much like we saw with HL Bourgeois last year, where they ended the season strong, took a little momentum, had a good summer came back the next year and were really good. Don't know if the Tarpons are going to make that big of a leap like Bourgeois did, but if you could end the year strong, carry that momentum into June, uh, have a good June, who knows? Next year you can maybe have that record flipped around and you could be firmly in playoff contention because you got a lot of key players coming back. Yeah, and look, the, um, 
you go championships every year. I mean, every but you know you be realistic. Uh, sometimes it's just it's not going to happen. But a goal every team has, I don't care what level you at, is that you want to improve uh, from when you first started till the end of the season. And honestly, if you look at the Tarpons right now, um, it'd be kind of hard to, to say if they improved or not. But with the attitude he's taken now, you got a month left. Let's finish on a positive note where we can improve and that goal would be uh, accomplished. So um, the main thing, they all they got to stay together and, 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 you know, motivate the kids to want to be at practice, to get better uh, because they, some – Kids can use that to get better for the next sport, um, but still, it's uh, what kind of character you have. Yeah, very well said. They're going to take on Assumption on Friday. That's a trap game, dude. Uh, you guys have played many games in Assumption, and there have been some times where you guys have been favored to win by a lot and ended up not winning by a lot. There have been some times where you guys were favored to lose by a lot and didn't lose by a lot. It feels like those games in Napoleonville – Always come down to the final seconds, no matter what the records of the teams are. Yeah, I mean, look, you can have a big lead, and they go on a run in their gym. They get hot, just a different environment, and uh, you never know. But if you can win at Assumption, it's a tough place to play. You gotta, it's a, it's a positive. I don't care what, like you mentioned, I don't care. It doesn't matter their record. Uh, the scary thing is there's some uh, some chirping out there where. They may have gotten some kids back since uh, after the, uh, the the holidays, the semester, uh, that would make them better. And uh, you probably don't have much film on them to, to look at. I'm not sure if they uh, if the coaching staff went out and eyed them and and actually saw them play. Uh, if they did, it may have been early in the season. So it could be a completely different team. You don't know. That's the nervous part yeah. uh, about this game coming up. You still have some cold sweats uh, watching Jaden Tyler shoot three-pointers against Oh, my <laughs> goodness, yeah. No matter where he was at, he was just unreal. But uh, I think Coach Brody's taking the, the right approach to it where I worry about us. And uh, I think if they do that, they'll be fine. Yep, for sure. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to the Turtle. Taylor Griffin will be joining us. We'll ask him about the madness in Stouffer Gymnasium Monday and then some different things happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. At Terrebonne General Multi-Specialty Clinic, we're dedicated to your well-being. Our expert team of healthcare professionals offers convenient, comprehensive medical care in one trusted location. Whether you're dealing with common illnesses like cold and flu, diabetes, breathing issues, or need help managing your health, our caring and knowledgeable staff are here to treat your symptoms. Call 985-873-4729 or visit tghealthsystem.com to schedule your same or next day appointment. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community, resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong. Rocking with some Kurt Angle here on this play-by-play. It's hump day, Wednesday, January 17th. We go to the phone lines for our regular uh, Wednesday interview spot with Mr. Taylor Griffin, who's on the line now. T, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, doing just fine, man. How y'all doing? Doing good, bro. Trying to stay warm, all that good stuff. Um, Man, I got to lead off with this. Usually we kind of talk college basketball in the middle of the segment. But, man, there's nothing cooler than what we saw on Monday, which is Nichols rallying from a 17-point second-half deficit, turning on the Jets, getting a huge win over New Orleans. And, partner, it's their third win of the season when behind by 15 or more in the second half. Coach Sadler's a young dude. They're going to make some mistakes. Down the stretch in the last two games, they've made some mistakes. But one thing those boys are not going to do is ever give up, and it was such an impressive showing from Nichols to defend their home floor. Yeah, man, you uh, you said a mouthful there. I, I 100% agree with all of it. Uh, but man, what what we saw the other night at Stouffer was special. It was awesome. It was it was so fun to just be in the gym, and even better to be a part of you know in our roles over there at, at the scores table. Um, man, uh, you know, well, what's his name? Robert Brown making number nine on the Sports Center top ten that yep. night with that. Thunderous dunk. I mean, it was awesome. And I know you and uh, Jack were on the call on on, uh, on the ESPN Plus side of it. I went back that night as soon as I left the gym just to hear y'all reaction. <laughs> and uh, y'all certainly told a good story to uh, to those watching at home. You know the the impact that it had uh, in the gym that night. It, it was it was huge for the momentum, man. Uh, like you said, man. Coach Sadler, yeah, it's obvious. Yeah, he, he he's a young guy. You know, it's, it's his first head coaching gig on, on the D one level. But man, he's uh, he's he's got he's got some special stuff going on in that program. Man, I uh, I've got all the confidence in the world that uh, you know, the only reason he wouldn't be in Thibodeau for a long time is because he's going to a higher place. You know, he's 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 got a great head on his shoulders. He's he's leading the team greatly. Uh, he's uh. He's got some good things going on with the program, you know. And, and look, UNO, UNO came in the store for the other night and dominated. Yeah, the they first, were great. The first seventy-five percent of the game, they dominated. Loaded with talent, shooters. I mean, big big dudes down low that just didn't miss the 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 hook shots, the physical play, everything. Man, it was. I I thought. You know, you and I was just gonna win by third. Like, man, chalk this one up. This this was tough. And uh, you know, I was I was wrong, man. Nichols they never folded, they never gave up. 
they uh, they kept chipping away, chipping away, hanging around, and they they completely turned it around. And it was it was what a phenomenal game to be a part of, man. Uh, Jamal West had a fantastic game. Just I mean, could not be stopped no matter who UNO put on them, put on him. Uh, you know, any of the folks listening at home, Jamal West is an absolute treat to see in person. You know, so is Byron Ireland. So is Robert Brown. You know, all these guys on the Nichols team. Makai Collins, I mean, you want you know, to talk about a guy who will jump from the middle of the lane for a two-handed slam, and he's looking down into the cylinder on his way up. I mean, super freakish athletic. There's uh, so many big names on that side. It's uh, Nichols men's basketball is just on fire right now. One of the things that is so impressive, and Brian and I have talked about this really for the last couple of weeks, Monday, you have the Thibodeau Express AAU team all in attendance. They're getting met and honored at halftime. They're taking a group picture. Previous games, you've had similar situations. Middle school teams, high school teams coming out and watch. I'm going to the high school gyms, and I'm seeing some of the Nichols assistant coaches at the gyms again. I look on social media, and I see that the basketball team volunteered for an event at Thibodeau Middle School recently. I, if there was any knock that I would have had on the Richie Riley Austin Clunch era is that they were, of course, focused on the portal heavily. Everybody is now. But I think that in the process of doing that, they forgot a little bit about that sense of community, didn't do as much. Coach Sadler's bringing that back, and I think that's an amazing thing going forward. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's some special stuff right there. I, to be, to be honest with you, my mistake, I, I didn't, I didn't even notice. I didn't even think along, along that route of, you know, just how, how much more involved coach Sadler has this team in the community. And, and that, man, that's super important community engagement, you know, especially, I mean, look, it, what I'm about to say isn't meant to be insulting. It is what it is. Everyone can see like, you know, Nichols is Nichols. Yes. You know, small town, we got big city dreams, but at the end of the day, we're a small town. You know, we got we got flagship top universities. We got LSU dreams, but at the end of the day, yes, we are Nichols. We play in a gymnasium. We don't play in an arena. We don't play in front of NBA-sized crowds. But, you know, keeping the community engaged, you know, filling up that gym, you can make it sound like there's, like there's 10,000 people in there at the right moment, at the right time when the right plays are made. It blows up in there, and when, when you keep this tight knit community and the, the home of Thibodeau area and the surrounding area engaged like that, and it, it starts with the kids. It starts with with getting them at school, you know, volunteering or whatever they got going on. Then they get on their parents. Hey, we got we got this thing. Let's let's go. Let's go watch a game this weekend. You get you get the local teams involved. Hey guys, we're gonna take the whole team to, to a Nichols game this weekend. Man, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. That's that's. That's awesome, and it, it just it keeps people coming back. You know, people are sitting here. I'm, there's there's still people to this day who I could talk to. Man, I hadn't I hadn't been to a Nichols game in, in, in 20 years, 20 plus years. Uh, not, not since the late 90s, early 2000s. Man, they still had they still had flat wooden bleachers back then. So for gymnasium, we can't even call it a gymnasium anymore. Like this this is it's such a great place to be on a Saturday afternoon or, you know, a random Thursday night, especially right now in the conference season ramping up, man, it's uh, the the surrounding community needs to really wake up and, and fill up that gym because it's uh, it's a treat every night in there. 
We had Coach Birdie Williams on in the last segment of the show. The Tarpons are struggling a little bit on the boys' basketball side, and he was he is very honest. He said, hey, look, man, you know, we're not going to the playoffs. Our goal is going to just be there's one month left in the year. Let's just go play as good as we can. Let's keep getting better. Let's keep practicing hard. I think that's the right approach. So the question that I'm going to ask you is, um, man, how do you carry momentum from one season to the next? Is that a real thing, or is that just some kind of cliche that we use? I believe it's real. I believe it's real because everything you do as a player, you know, whether you realize it or not, you're always being evaluated. You're always being graded. You always got eyes on you seeing, you know, not just what you're doing now, but what we could, what can we combine with that? What can we snowball with that rolling into something good in the future? And, you know, even if you're out of the playoff race, when you start seeing improvement and fire and passion and just the want to succeed, even though it is realistically not a playoff light at the end of the tunnel, there's still a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, you take that, everything's on film. You take that and you go into June and you sit the guys down and like, guys, look, look at, Look at the progress we made. Look at the mistakes we made early on, and then look how awesome we played in, in January and February when we, you know, on paper had nothing to play for realistically. But you guys defied all the odds. You guys went against the grain. You guys proved that we're playing for something, and we're going to bounce back, and we'll be better next year. Man, you take, you take that into the summer. It boosts the guys' confidence so much. you got guys who may have maybe have never – seen a whole lot of the floor until towards the end of the season now all of a sudden they're major contributors in your summer program now all of a sudden they're they're going to be major contributors come winter when when the next real season starts man it's uh it's extremely valuable i don't think it's just a cliche i think it really means something but uh i mean it all starts at the top man you, you got to get your guys to buy in and I, you know I, I think coach williams will do just fine doing that but uh yeah it's a it's it's a very valuable opportunity that they need to jump on, and and I think I think they'll be just fine doing that. The New Orleans Saints fired Pete Carmichael yesterday. They're going to have a new play caller for the first time in what feels like ages, man, because he's been such a, a mainstay on the staff. Uh, look, I think change was needed, um, but the thing that makes me nervous is that. When Dennis Allen first got the job, he tried to find an offensive coordinator to replace replace Pete Carmichael and couldn't. Um, so my question is this, if you're a coach out there who's an offensive coach who has options, why would you piggyback yourself and your future to Derek Carr? I don't know that they're going to be able to get anybody better. <laughs> That's uh Man, I, I really don't I don't I don't have an answer. What you said is it's it's right. It's it's uh as a Saints fan, it's 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 horrible to think about. I I would want nothing to do with that. I mean, what, especially once you've gotten to this level, you've proven so so much already. You're coaching. You're an you're a coordinator. You're an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. It doesn't get any higher than that beyond you know head coach and general manager. I can't see anyone on this level wanting to look at the Saints and think to themselves, 
that's the challenge that I need to go get and prove myself and get me over the top. Dude, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. That it's it's way it's way too risky. And, you know, unfortunately, upper management probably won't have any sympathy for you, you know, if if you know, car is the issue and Dennis Allen is the issue. You go in there and, and you look bad because of those other guys. Like, you done. It's uh, I feel like you set up to fail there. I wouldn't want to touch that. Unless I'm desperate and looking for a job, if they come looking for me and no one else wants me, yeah, sure. But, man, I don't see that as a goal in someone's mind. Like, ooh, Pete Carmichael's going. I'm going to apply for that one. No, no. Not, not unless it's your first opportunity for the first time as an offensive coordinator, I, I would I would not want any part of that mess. The NFL playoffs are down to eight teams. I think the best game of the weekend is Kansas City and Buffalo at Buffalo. Dude, can you imagine if the Bills win the Super Bowl? We saw them playing in that blizzard a couple days ago. You got fans that are jumping off of mounds of snow through tables that are on fire, and they're just acting like that's what they do. That's their gimmick. Their fan base puts themselves through tables. Can you imagine if they win the Super Bowl, the, the chaos it would be? I'm rooting for Buffalo just because I want to see the reaction of their fan base should they finally win the Super Bowl. They they are going to just go absolutely bananas. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love – look, I'm not a big Bills fan. I'm not – I'm a little bit too young to have been paying attention when they came so close with Jim Kelly all those times. Uh, I'm not, um, I've never been invested in the bills before, but now that you mention it, you bring up an excellent point. Yeah. I think I'm going to root for them too, just to see, you know, you know, that old, uh, Batman Joker quote. Some people, some people just want to watch the world burn or it might've been out whoever. I know it was a Batman quote. Some people just want to watch the world burn. I, I want to see. I just want to watch what happens with Buffalo here, <laughs> just, to, just to see the chaos if they do in fact win the Super Bowl. NCAA 24 comes out on July 12th, 2024, according to EA Sports, which leaked the release date there. Um, I'm jacked up, dude. I saw that released yesterday. I was smiling from ear to ear. We're getting pretty doggone close to playing what I think is a really cool video game. Now, I'm a little nervous. Very few things ever actually live up, live up to the hype, so hopefully they do a good job with it. But, bro, we're getting close. We're about six, seven months away from having the most popular video sports game back on the shelves again. That's uh, that's super exciting for me, too, man. That, that was always a big moment. You know, you start, you know, you, you get to the summer and you're looking forward to the new NCAA football game. You, you know, you immediately, you know, jump into dynasty mode. And then I, as, as the years evolved, you know, you get to like play in the high school playoffs and really start, um, you know, build, building for something. Uh, it may not have been called dynasty mode, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, Road to the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. Road to the Heisman. That's what it was. That's what it was. So, that that was man, that was always such a huge deal. That was like shut down all plans. Like I'm locked in with two bags of chips, uh, a couple bottles of Powerade. Don't talk to me for six hours on a Saturday. Like that was that was huge. Um, I, I'm excited about it. Still being a bit of a casual gamer myself, I'll definitely jump on it when it does come out. I could only hope, hope and beg and pray that the developers of the game. Um, which I'm assuming is still EA Sports. Yes, sir. I hope, you know, with all the technology advancements 
that we've gotten to now here in 2024, all the memory, all the space. Uh, I don't know if you got to go all the way back to 2012 or 13, whatever it was when they shut it down, but I, I hope they at least give us some new classic teams to play with, at least like the national champs and national runner-up of every every year that we've missed. I mean, how awesome would it be to – you know, play as the 2019 LSU Tigers versus, you know, 2014 Alabama or whatever. You know, such, something like that. You know, we, uh, we we missed out on a few really good things, and uh, I, I hope I hope EA Sports took care of that. Look, man, I don't know if you saw this on social media today or not, but Grayson Waller and LA Knight went to Australia to do a media tour to promote Elimination Chamber. And they were on basically Australia's version of, like, Good Morning America. It was like, you know, a morning show where you have a, a male and a female host, and they're just talking about things, and they appeared as guests to promote the event. Well, the female host was kind of understood, right? She was professional. She was, you know, accepting, hey, you guys are athletes. You guys are incredible. The male host was a jackass and was basically criticizing wrestling and saying how fake it is and yada, yada, and was – trying to get the wrestlers to do moves on him. And, and, like, it got to the point where Grayson Waller eventually was like, bro, like, I'm about to knock you out. <laughs> so he he kind of lost character a little bit. Fortunately, calmer heads prevailed. But, man, um, these dudes went out on the road, and we almost had a big incident, man. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't recall ever hearing or seeing any, any clips of something like this ever happening since maybe, like, Vader. I think the 90s, yeah, Vader was in, didn't he get arrested in Kuwait? Yeah, he got held in Kuwait for three, four days. They had to negotiate to get him back. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, this day and age, you really, really can't put your hands on anyone. Like, way worse than I'm sure you could could have got away with in the 90s. Uh, not that Australia is like a terrible place to be. I'm sure their jails are nice and posh and, and comfortable <laughs> compared to, you know, some of, these, some of these other countries you don't want to get trapped in. But, yeah, man, that's uh that's one thing you can't you can't call out these wrestlers you know at, at the end of the day the majority of them are actual professional athletes just because they don't you know have a scoreboard to abide by just because they don't play for a team that you know like these these guys are elite human beings and most of them can break you in half in a, in a quick second if they needed to so you, you don't you, you don't poke the bear like that that that's uncalled for um yeah, um, I'm. I'm really. I'm, I'm glad Grayson Waller and, uh, and L.A. Knight were able to make, remain calm through that. I couldn't imagine as being one of those guys. You know that the guy's essentially trying to embarrass you on national TV. You know that's that's not cool. So good. On, good on those guys for keeping their head. Royal Rumble's right around the corner, and there are starting to be some whispers that MJF, who has apparently had his contract expire with AEW has recently lost his championship, has recently been written off of TV. There's some rumors that he might be a surprise entrant. Now, there's also some on the other side of the spectrum that think he's quietly re-signed with AEW. So give me a percentage point. Are we going to see MJF at the Rumble, or do you think he's going back to AEW? Ah, man. I think he wants to come the WWE and you know if you would have asked me this a year a year and a half ago whatever be like he's coming he's coming 
recently AEW has just gone downhill so much and and lost so much good talent. I think at this point it'll be a desperate move by Tony Khan. Uh, even though MJF doesn't want to be there, like I I would 100% pencil him in. Like yeah, he's coming. He's going to be the surprise guy in the Rumble. He's going to be the guy to to put to you know throw someone over the top rope like very important, very notable, and just completely swerve all the storylines. But with the current state of AEW, I think the desperate play by Tony like he's going to give him ten million dollars a year, and MJF's just going to sit back and smile like, okay, fine, like, if you're stupid enough to pay me that, I ain't going nowhere, and we'll continue. I'll just ride out the sinking ship, and I'll make sure my money's guaranteed, and we'll think about WWE uh, two or three years from now. Yeah, I, I think that I, I think he stays because of something like that. Because Tony Connell just promised to keep him as the top guy, uh, make him the highest paid guy in the whole business, and uh, just it, it'll just be a desperate move of him wildly spending his dad's money and just making sure he doesn't go anywhere. We have not heard any further whispers from The Rock since coming back on that one SmackDown. I don't think this is happening in Australia, brother, because we're kind of getting up close to that. I think we'd have to start promoting that. But Dwayne keeps saying on social media, hey, this wasn't a one-off. You know, hey, well, the best is yet to come. we got a lot more to do, yada, yada. So I think he's back. Just going to be curious of the timing of when we're going to actually get that. Uh, man, I still wouldn't rule out some sort of, some sort of interference, some sort of appearance, something he's going to get involved and officially call out Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. I think I think he will. I, I think it'll be a big surprise. I, th I think they'll trick all of us. I think it's coming. I don't think he's going to get physically involved and perform in Australia, like in a match, so to speak. But um, I, I think he appears at both of them. I think just quietly. They, man, they've been they've been doing really good with the surprises, keeping the secrets as best they can. I think he appears in both of them, but not in a real physical capacity until Mania itself. There you go. Hey, look, man, thank, we thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy, and we'll see you soon. Yep. Uh, it was fun, man. Thank you all for everything. Um, and uh, always remember, you cannot slow down a Griffin on a basketball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, go Tarps, and God bless America. Yes, that is Taylor Griffin. You cannot slow down a Griffin on the basketball court. Uh, <laughs> I wish you'd have told me that a few years back. Yeah, you would have kept him in the game. I was longer. about to say you would have known better than to you know ever pull him out. Um, I agree. In warm ups, he was pretty darn tough. <laughs> that one night at Allender, boy, we were going off. That that is a true story. Yeah, that by that the way. is true. You got to give him his props story. there. Yeah, they, yes and yes. That one night at the House of Pain, the only person bringing the pain was, was, was the turtle. Let's get a break. When we get back, I got some mailbag questions from you all that we'll get answered. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Ashley Otan with Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please join us for Talk on the Bayou the second Wednesday of every month. Our mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs to support our great community. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. 
Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Your business deserves the highest quality internet connection and phone service. Rev Business offers you the best at a great price. Delivered on an all-fiber network and backed by our local support teams who have been going that extra mile for 85 years. Rev Business wants to show you the power of hosted phone service and Metro E, direct connections between your locations. For a limited time, get three months free. Some restrictions may apply. Visit us at letsrev.biz. Rev Business. DuckFab Incorporated is your first choice for professional HVAC duct systems. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation, DuckFab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs. From residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities, DuckFab is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Homa and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. DuckFab, 352 Equity Boulevard, Homa, Louisiana. 985-876-3400. Duck Fab. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call the local experts at Terminex, and those bayou boys will be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. We are the soldiers of the Louisiana Army National Guard. We are your neighbors. We are your sons and daughters. While we serve part-time, we are learning valuable life and job skills. We are earning money for college, for trade and technical schools, and for certification. We are proud to serve both our country and our home state. We are your Louisiana Army National Guard. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Thanks to Taylor Griffin for the time. Thanks to Brody Williams for the time. And most importantly, we thank you all for the time here. It's play-by-play. Got a lot of folks that are at home today, not working because of the cold. We got a lot of student-athletes who are at home today, uh, not in school because of the cold. And then I look out the window, it's actually starting to warm up. Tomorrow is going to be in the 60s. We won't even need the jackets or anything anymore. Crazy how the weather in southeast Louisiana goes. We've got our mailbag segment here. If you've got a question for me at any point in time, I'm at Casey underscore Gisclair on Twitter. Just Google my name on Facebook, Casey Gisclair. 
or I'll give you my email, justlercasey at gmail.com. I actually got an email question amongst the, the ones in the bag here this week. Uh, we're at Kaylee B Radio on Twitter. We're at Kaylee B Radio on Facebook. Find a way to get a hold of us if you got a question. The uh, first of 10, the listener wants to know, Casey, what does LSU need in the transfer portal? Um, LSU needs defensive linemen because they've lost quite a few to either graduation or to the NFL draft. Maybe a defensive back or two here or there. But here's the problem is that right now, and I didn't realize this was a problem until I saw it reported in The Advocate today, LSU really can't be all that active in the transfer portal right now. Why? Well, because they've got 88 scholarship players. Okay, you're only allowed to have 85. So right now they're in a situation where they're going to have to kind of sort of hope that some players after the spring leave and – if you bring anybody in, now granted, if there's a five-star player or an impact player that enters the portal, they'll still be in the hunt and they'll go and try to chase them down because, you know, hey, you'll find a way to, to push some of these other guys that you don't want as much out. But you are over your scholarship limit right now, which means that you're not going to be signing a guy for depth or, you know, whatever. You would only be looking for impact players. But if there were any positions where the Tigers would absolutely positively have to go, it would, I would say the defensive line, especially the interior of the defensive line, and then also on the back end and the secondary. Um, this is not the question that was asked, but Brian and I were talking about this off the air. Alabama has 26 players in the portal right now, including true freshman second team. Look, say, uh, safety Caleb Downs was a second team All-American as a true freshman last year entered the portal today. Alabama has lost a ton in the portal in the last couple of days. Um, that coaching job there for DeBoer coming from Washington is going to be tough because you were an Alabama team last year that already was not as dominant as um, they had been in previous years. Now you got a new coach. You're losing half your damn roster. You lost your center. You lost your starting left tackle. You lose your starting strong safety. And that's in addition to a bunch of the guys where you lost just to the NFL draft. Whew, it's going to be tough. Year one for DeBoer could potentially be a struggle, an uphill climb for him in, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and with the way the rule is, with no one coming in right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to so, it's going to look bad before it gets better. Yeah, you're, you're losing dudes and not are able to replace them. Next question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, do you still think that the LSU women's basketball team will win the national championship? I made that prediction in the preseason. I think they still got a shot. Um, I watched Iowa last night, and Iowa beat Wisconsin 96-50, to but that's a one-man show. Caitlin Clark is everything that they've got uh, in the NCAA t- th- tournament. I think teams are going to rough her up a little bit. I-, I don't fear them a whole lot. South Carolina is probably the best team in the country. But we saw last year, you can maybe get through without even having to play them. Um, so, yeah, they certainly got a shot. I wouldn't consider them the favorites anymore. Um, I've watched several other teams play that I think could beat LSU, including, you know, South Carolina. Hell, they're playing Alabama tomorrow's 15-4. and four. Might beat them there. Um, but I do, yeah, of course they got a chance. I mean, as long as you got Mulkey and that talented roster, yeah, they got a chance, of course. Yeah, for sure. They're too talented. This comes from an email listener um, who wants to know, and I think this is cool, and I think that you'll think this is cool as well. Listener wants to know, would you be open to a weekly trivia segment on the show? I'll send you the questions, and we'll see if you and Brian could be up to the task to get the answers. 
Of course. Yeah. Send that in. Um, I'm, I'm going to reply to the email also uh, where the question was sent and try to get that lined up. But yeah, of course, man, I would love nothing more than to, I'm not, I'm not very good at trivia now, but I would love nothing more than to, uh, if you guys provide us the questions, we'll get them answered. Oh, as long as I got Google right here. <laughs> um, a listener has a question for you, Brian. Uh, a listener wants to know, ask Brian what was his favorite road gym to coach in. I hear Cornell Scott say often his favorite road venue is the tank. What was Brian's favorite road gym to coach in? Oh, favorite. Uh, man, I, I look, no disrespect to anyone. I hated the House of Pain. That was just a tough place to play. Uh, South Terrebonne was a tough place because the lighting. Uh, yeah, it's like being in a bar. Uh, Bourgeois, for the longest time, had that aggravated noise from the light that would just be vibrating or whatever. <laughs> that drove you crazy. <laughs> I know it was the best, Jim. Uh, God, man, I, I, I don't I don't know if there's a best, Jim. Uh, like the jungle when the, it's rolling, Thibodeau? Oh, atmosphere, yeah, yeah. Thibodeau High. You, you can't. That was some of the when I've always said you you know if you have a good team when you can go into Thibodeau and win, just like these other most other gyms. But still, uh, yeah, Thibodeau High, their atmosphere was uh, tremendous. Dude, I I always tell this story and I'll repeat it again. You guys may have heard it already. We did the Thibodeau playoff run when when they won the state championship round one against Terrebonne. Yeah, there was a nice crowd. It, you know, it was full. It was a nice crowd. Round two against Hanville, it was a big crowd, bigger, uh, because both teams were well represented. That game was out in the river uh, before Hanville had their new gym. I still always tell everybody, I believe it was against Natchitoches Central, the third round game. It's the craziest environment that I've seen. I mean, we show up three, four hours before the game, and it's already sold out. <laughs> I mean, people all over the place. And look, they were wise enough. To not just have the fans sitting on their hands. They had a DJ. They were playing music. People dancing on the court. They were. They, it was like a party before that game. And then throughout the course of that game, I really think the crowd made a huge difference in rattling Natchitoches Central every time they tried to make a run. That was a very, very ornery group, group of Tiger fans who were hungry to get their team to the top 28. Yeah, and uh, years past, again, at Thibodeau High, uh, we had a good team. They had a good team. The gym was packed. They had uh, their student body with, like, fishing lines that were <laughs> standing in their first row or hanging it. Uh, we're trying to warm up. There's people on the baseline. And uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but one of our guys, uh, they had a fishing line dangling right in front of his head. Well, I'm sure that went over real well. And, and I'll, the, <laughs> the next rotation, when he caught the ball <laughs> at the top to go into our uh, routine, you know, what we were doing, uh, the guy holding that fish line just somehow got hit in the head with the ball. Oh. <laughs> Dang, that what an unfortunate accident. I don't know how that accident. happened, but <laughs> fishing line fell. Crazy, crazy how that works. Um, next listener wants to know, Casey, if the Saints start slow again in 2024, will Dennis Allen get fired mid-season? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. Um, they made some offensive staff adjustments. And today, Mickey Loomis, and God, you're going to, my goodness, you're going to get indigestion with this. Let me read you this. And you might be pulling it up. You might be saw the same thing that I did. Mickey Loomis was comparing Dennis Allen to Hall of Fame coaches today at a news conference, saying that there are several Hall of Famers who started there. 
head coaching career is slow, so we've got to be patient. Hall of Famers? The hell are you talking about, Mickey? Hall of Fame coaches? Give me a break. According to Luke Johnson, Mickey Loomis came prepared to answer a question about why Dennis Allen is back. He referenced early struggles for Hall of Fame coaches like Chuck Noll, Bill Belichick, and Bill Walsh as a response. Quote, my assessment is Dennis Allen is a good football coach. Yeah, that's pretty much the same article where he's uh, saying Dennis Allen's a good football coach. Uh, when Sean Payton first started uh, with the Saints, his record wasn't, uh, you know, winning record the first couple of seasons, maybe losing records, 500 seasons. Uh, so he says he learned uh, you got to be patient. With every day that passes, I'm I'm beginning to feel more like it's not Dennis no, Allen he that's needs the to biggest go. problem. It's yeah, it's, yeah I, there's it, no doubt. That is an embarrassing quote comparing him to Chuck Knoll and Bill Walsh. And oh my God, get out of here with that. Well, we talked about it over the summer when Mickey Loomis came on uh, social media and said, Trust me. That was it right there. The last person to say that publicly was Jake the Snake Roberts right before he turned into a bad guy in the (laughs) 1990s. Um, Yeah, no, we don't trust him, Mickey. Listener wants to know, Casey, do you think that Nick Saban will ever return to coaching? No, we talked about this upon his retirement. I think he is finished. I think that he is not going to coach again. I do think he's going to stay involved loosely in some things going on with Alabama, but not as like a detriment to DeBoer. And but I do think the one thing that he is going to do, I think he's going to probably get involved in the podcasting, TV, radio type world because he speaks so damn well and has so much charisma on the mic. I think that he is going to become a media member, and I think he's going to become a very good media member. But as terms of a return to coaching. Nope, I don't think he's going to want to do it again uh, under any circumstances. I, I don't see this being a Tom Brady where in a year or two he gets the itch. I don't see this being an Urban Meyer. The man's in his 70s. He's not in that stage of life anymore. I don't think we're ever going to see him coach again. Yeah, he, he's done coaching, but I agree 100%. He's going to be with the media. This is a very interesting question here. Casey, if you won the lottery, what would be the first thing that you would buy? Oh, uh, let me think. First thing I would buy. I'm not really a car guy, so it wouldn't be like any type of sports car or nothing like that. I, I mean, it's a lazy and stupid answer. I'm in a big old house, I guess. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really think about things like that because I don't even buy lottery tickets. Um, what would, if you won the lottery tomorrow? What'd be the first thing you buy? You got a lot of hobbies. Would you buy you a big badass boat and all that good stuff? Or you go camping? Would you buy a big motorhome? Motorhome would probably be oh, my yeah, answer. Hundred percent. Motorhome would be my answer. Now that I think about it, yes, yeah. because I like the idea that hey, whenever I feel like it, I could just go drive where I want. Yeah, motorhome would be my answer. Um, Casey, give us the winners to the playoff games this weekend in your estimation. Well, you're asking me to jump the gun here. We usually give our picks on Friday. But sure, I will give them to you. I'm going to go with, how about this? I'm going Houston over Baltimore. Whoa. Yeah, I'm going Houston over Baltimore. I'm going San Francisco over Green Bay. I'm going Detroit over Tampa. And I'm going Buffalo over Kansas City. So I'm going chalk except for Houston beating Baltimore. I think that Stroud is going to put some pressure on Lamar Jackson and the crew. I've seen Lamar Jackson play playoff games before. It usually doesn't look that pretty. 
And I think that the Texans are going to shock the world and get to the AFC Championship game this weekend. Ooh, that's a, that's a big one. What do you think are the chances? Well, wait, this is an old question. I'll answer it again, but it is an old question. Well, what are the chances that Derek Carr is back with New Orleans next year? 100%. He's, he's going to be back. Um, but the, the question that I meant to uh, copy-paste here is, what are the chances that the Saints draft a quarterback in the draft? That's the new question. I just copy-pasted the wrong email. Um, what are the chances the Saints draft a quarterback in the draft next year? Um, in the first round, I don't think very good um, because I think that a lot of the, the big dogs are going to be taken. I think that by the time New Orleans picks in the middle of the teens, May will be gone, Williams will be gone, Daniels will be gone. Penix will be gone. Like by the time we get to where New Orleans will be on the board, I don't think that that they're going to um, have the pick of the litter anymore. I think New Orleans is going to be focused on the offense and defensive lines of scrimmage. Um, their defensive line is getting old and was not very productive last year. Their offensive line is always beat up and always got guys out, and I think that they'll focus up front. Now, do I think there's a chance that they get somebody maybe in the third or fourth round? Maybe. But then again, you just picked the quarterback last year in the late rounds of the draft. So um, I know fans are so super anxious to replace Derek Carr, but I don't think this is going to be the offseason for it. I don't see them using an early-round pick on a quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't think they're getting a quarterback at all. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite sport to call games for? Um, whew, this one's tough. Um I would take a good basketball game over anything else because, like, the game against New Orleans and Nichols the other night was incredible. You and I did a state championship game, Ellender and Washington Marion, which was incredible. It was super fun to watch Thibodeau win the state championship. That was incredible. Um, Turtle and I, and this is an underrated game, but Turtle and I always talk about how the game we did, you guys against CCA out at that little small gym in Homo where Marquise Francis made like yeah. five or six. We always say how fun of a game that was. Um, so I'll take a good basketball game over any of the other sports. But just in general, like just the average game, I prefer baseball because it's slower. It's more laid back. You could have more time to kind of VA a little bit and, and, and kind of cut up a little bit. So I would take a baseball game. Uh, on any other day, but if you promise me that there's going to be two minutes left and it's going to be a one-point game, I would take the basketball game for sure. Yeah, I just did a few of them, but basketball. You like basketball the most? Yeah. It's almost like you were a coach, huh? Yeah, kind of. Yesterday, my Clippers got a big win yesterday over the Oklahoma City Thunder, rolling past the Thunder. Um, Continuing to play at a high level. The Pelicans, I think, are in action tonight. Let me see. Yep. Get, taking on Charlotte at home. You don't beat Charlotte at home, bro. You got some issues, man. Um, but, Coach, it's a Pelicans team that, I mean, I'm sure you've been keeping up with this. A couple games ago, they beat Dallas without any of their starters. Play Dallas a few days later with everybody available and lose. What? What, what is like Inconsistent. They just, same thing, but they get big leads and blow it. I mean, they're consistent in that, but that that's ridiculous, man. Like I saw that result and it's like, what? I now I didn't play the game in, in on FanDuel. I probably should have, but I don't understand. Like, what does it say about Zion and Ingram and McCollum that there's no drop off when they're not there? Or yeah, are, are yeah. they really that impactful to what you're doing if they could sit out a game and you still win and then when they come back you lose to the very same team? 
Don't get it. Don't get it. Um, but look, this team can get hot too. Yes, and 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 make a little run. Yes, I'm I'm super interested to see what they do at the trade deadline. Do they buy? Do they use some of those draft picks and try to get a little more depth? And they're an interesting situation right now, and it'll be very fun to see how they uh, try to approach things going forward. Um, that'll wrap up today's show, man. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank Taylor Griffin for the time. We want to thank Coach Brody Williams for the time. Tomorrow we should have Stan Gravois lined up. And one thing we're going to be working on with Stan over the next several weeks, because we've got time. This is not until June. But from now until June, I want us to have extended sit-down interviews, phone interviews or whatever, with each member of the Athletic Hall of Fame. I want to get Brandon for 30, 45 minutes. I want to get all of the members that are still with us for 30, 30, 45 minutes to tell their story, and we'll try to get Stan to help us with that, um, and we look forward to that. No radio game tonight. I will be at Thibodeau watching Thibodeau and Central Lafouche. We do have a radio game tomorrow, LCO taking on Thibodeau Middle School, 5.30 for the girls, 6.30 for the boys. Looking forward to being out at LCO. Then Friday we'll be at South Lafouche, either with the boys or the girls. We're kind of making up our minds there which one we want to attack. The girls are playing on the road against Ellender at Terrebonne. The boys are playing on the road against Assumption. So, you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. Looks like the worst of the cold is behind us. Amen. Yes, sir. Uh, stay safe on them roads. And if you're coming out to Thibodeau tonight, come swing by and say hello. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Love you guys. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.